I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel when I was in some of my darkest moments, forcing me to shed the version of myself that could not go where I was going. No matter how successful I was, I was numb. The version of myself that I have found, I would not have found her without the ugly invitation into the most intimate, deepest relationship with myself. And this concept means so many things to me beyond financially wealthy. Rich in community, rich in connection, rich in network, rich in health, rich in family, rich in opportunity. Welcome to the transition. Welcome to the new podcast. Welcome to the new concept. And welcome to my new life, rich in real life. Welcome to Rich in Real Life. It's your girl, Jessica Hurley, and I am here with another special guest, but this one in particular, y'all, I can't wait to have this conversation. He is, I'm going to give you like the formal list of things, and then I'm going to talk about who he really is to me, which is my favorite part. He is a breathwork facilitator. He's the founder of Connect and Evolve. He is what I would consider an awakened human being. Um, and an embodiment coach and guys, all the things like all the things your heart could ever just desire in a human that could help you with your healing journey. But to me, this is my brother, Ben, and I can't wait to have this conversation around. Um, it's been a long time coming around a three day, four day retreat that myself, my best friend and eight, six, eight of our uh, mastermind girls went on in Sedona, Arizona with a whole ass stranger y'all. And it was the <laughs> best decision we ever made. And so I had to have Ben as my guest today to talk about this experience, why he is who he is, how he's become who he is. And I, what I really want to talk about is the unique experience around this retreat, because there was just some things in this retreat that made it I would say top three most beautiful healing experiences of my personal life. And you guys know mm. I've done some things. Um, what made it so unique and some of the traits I saw in Ben that I just, I wish a lot of other heal healers carried. And I can't wait to have this conversation. So welcome to Rich in Real Life. My brother, Ben, Mr. Ben Holt. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jess. Such an honor. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Me I've been too. like, Ben, we got to have this conversation before, before it leaves my spirit. But the reality is, is it never will oh, because it's been building up what a freaking experience it was. Yeah. And so you call it a, so before that, let's just, let me ask this question to you. Mm -hmm. You are what I would consider, um, a man of young age mm. and you are deep into this. Um, mm -hmm. like I said, breathwork facilitator, you teach other people how to facilitate breathwork. You are, um, I don't know what most would say incredibly spiritually aligned or, uh, aligned or awakened. Aligned. You <laughs> we'll, we'll cross, we'll lever it. We'll cross, cross the word. Um, <laughs> you do so much deep work around this. And so I guess my first question has to be mm. what got you aligned to this? Because you and I've had deep conversations around marketing and we both obsess over the work side of it. Mm. Um, but you have to choose a different path diligently to go this route. And yeah. so what made you go this route and, and really, really embody this role for other people? Mm. Well, thank you so much for asking that question, Jess. And it's, it's really been a journey of self-discovery. It started uh, years and years ago whenever I was in college around 2015, whenever I was, I was on my way out of college at the time. And I started getting really into meditation and manifestation. I had been uh, kind of a jock my whole life, an athlete, I should say. And so I was very into fitness. I was very into achieving peak physical performance and peak physical states. And so that eventually translated into the inner work. I had achieved this, this action figure body and I was a cage fighter. And so I was, I was at my peak physically and I wanted to explore new realms of development and self-development. And so wow. I started focusing on manifestation, started focusing on meditation, learning these different techniques, um, 
at the time, Joe Dispenza was just really getting, um, getting the, put out, the, yeah. yeah, put out on into the, the world. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden, all these guys were very influential for me at that time. At 20, though, in my mind, yeah. I'm like, at 20, I'm 33, just deep diving into this journey. So every time I meet someone in their 20s doing this, I'm like, God bless you. You're going to have a good life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or a crazy one, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or both. Um, and it, it's been that. It's been a, a journey that that has been definitely really, really beautiful, also really challenging. There's been a lot to traverse, right? It's yeah. it's. The saying it, it rings true that ignorance is bliss at times, and and when we when we surrender our ignorance and and really surrender to the divine, things often become more challenging before they become easy, right? It's really beautiful from the outside perspective looking in uh, to see someone who is on the spiritual path, but little do we know being on the spiritual path is like getting dragged <laughs> through the valley of your shadow pretty often. I'm so glad you said that part because yeah. I think spiritual spirituality is like people think that you're choosing this higher self and mm-hmm. you are, but yeah. it's not tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. It's not- <laughs> the path to the higher self is fraught with, with valleys. It really is. Uh, but, but moving forward, I, was finding a lot of meditations and experiences that were really uplifting and really kind of solidifying this dream life that I was I was pulling in and creating. And it was really revealing. It was just showing me that this is real. You know, the practice of spirituality is real. And there's so much more beyond the outside world. There's so much more beyond developing the body and one's athleticism and one's capability with the body, that there's a whole inner world to be explored and discovered and developed. And so this eventually led to me graduating college, getting a job that was amazing. It was a great job. And after achieving some sort of, fi- uh, some sort of financial success, I realized that financial success was not the key to happiness. It was not the key to fulfillment and that it really wasn't going to bring me what I was truly looking for. So it kind of stopped my, my spiritual, this, this, this uh, really devout spiritual practice to try to achieve success of the world, you know, success of the material world to see if that would help just to explore yeah. life. And after that, after about 11 months, uh, I stopped working with the company and kind of went on this, this journey for myself to discover what it is that I'm really looking for, what it is that I am really needing to be fulfilled, what my heart and my soul is, is, is yearning for. And so this led me to working with plant medicine. And I ended up going to New York City, funny enough, to sit with a, a, a facilitator who served me Bufo Alvarius or 5-Meo DMT. And the 5-Meo DMT experience was very profound. My consciousness was catapulted to all ends of the earth. Every cell in my body was expanded to its absolute capacity and beyond. And then it all came back into my body. And so my takeaway was if that can happen, anything is possible, which I thought that that was going to be the takeaway, which was really cool. But little did I know it wasn't even scratching the surface. So five days later, I'm down in Austin, Texas, and I'm relaxing at a friend's lake house my feet are just touching the water on the dock and my bandana is over my eyes and it's September and I'm just, uh, I'm sorry, it's February. So it was nice and cool. So I'm just enjoying the warm sun. And what I experienced in that time was, was absolutely life-changing. And it was this very intense electrical shock that went through my body. And as it did, I, I felt this incredible sensation in my body. And I said, what's going on? So I pulled up my bandana and the water, the trees, the sky, everything was geometry. It was the geometric makeup behind the earth. And I had this really strange supersonic hearing that I could hear really far away and this 360 degree vision of sorts. That was really weird. And 
I remember feeling this ecstatic bliss course through my entire body and feeling this incredible connection to the universe and this ecstasy. And in those moments, I was connecting energetically with these different higher deities, these ascended masters, such as Ganesha and Krishna and Jesus. And I had this really deep connection with Jesus. And I remember seeing him coming from, I'm from Louisiana, so coming from this very kind of toxic Christian uh, environment, I remember seeing Jesus and just feeling his, his love and his, this brotherhood between us and saying, man, you're so misunderstood. You're so misunderstood. And he was like, yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, and he said, you've done the work of your soul. You know, this has been a fast track on the work of your soul. And now it's time to do my work. Now it's time to do my work. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know? And at the time I'm like, yes, yes. Everything was a pure yes. Everything was an absolute universal yes, but I didn't know what that meant. And so one thing led to another within days, I was back in New York city learning how to facilitate this medicine. And I watched wow. people come in from the streets of Manhattan. And each one of them were completely riddled with stress and anxiety. They were totally locked up. And by the time that I, they left about an hour and a half later, they were like normal people. They were totally kind of free. Just this huge cathartic release was, was had and they were able to let go of everything that they were really holding on to, at least for the moment. And so I saw this one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I decided that this was the most important thing in existence. This is the thing that could bring me fulfillment because it's so purposeful. And so I went on this journey of serving this medicine and giving it to everyone that I could and kind of being this missionary, right? This Bufo missionary before anybody knew what Bufo was. And I've really never heard of it. Right. Well, we'll talk more about it. So um, obviously my, my journey has transitioned since then. Yes. But, yeah. I was going to say that. I know that's not what you do now. Right. And uh, w w yeah, we still do it, just not in the retreat setting for sure. And you know, focusing on the under, underlying foundation of love that's behind this experience, that's really what this experience helps us to, to, have, to feel more deeply, excuse me, is this universal connection of love. And then I started to see that there was kind of holes in the, the facilitator community to where there was not enough integration preparation. It was just, here's the medicine. This is the medicine. Here you go. And I knew that that wasn't true. I knew that we are the medicine. You know, the medicine just helps us to realize this on a more deeper level. And I went to Asia after that. I kind of just like, whoop, all right, I'm leaving this and I'm going to Asia. And I studied breathwork, meditation, sound healing, which I was already connected with before, but now I really wanted to go immerse myself with these different teachers. And I did that for about a year and then left, came back to the United States. And as soon as I got back, we started integrating the medicine with all of the different modalities together so that the medicine experience can be very complete and very almost encapsulated in this beautiful bubble of holistic practice. Right. And, you know, for people to integrate the, what they learn from the medicine into their everyday life, they need some type of practice to help them to really stay connected with that energy. And now we, we just focus on the embodiment piece because I believe that we're at a time where we no longer need the medicine. We've had this paradigm shift that the plant medicine was super helpful for and are super helpful with. And now it's time to really bring it all into the body, right? How, how are we treating ourselves every day? What is our diet? What is our daily practice? How fast are we looking at this thing whenever we wake up in the morning? How, how seriously are we taking our health and well-being? Because this is, this is the, the way of the new earth, right? Is mm -hmm. to be grounded and rooted in love, opening our hearts to the feminine, and the masculine, not just having this toxic patriarchal masculine do, 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 go, go, go approach, but learning how to be nurturing to oneself and to others. And so now that's what we teach, right? And that's what you guys got to experience at the, at the retreat here recently. I actually never heard that story. So cool. that was completely <laughs> new for me. I was like, okay, hold on. Awesome. <laughs> so that awesome. was new to that. That was new for me too. Um, oh my God, I have so many questions, but I want to start with something that may, this is for my audience in particular, because I heard you say something and I know the audience that I serve 
And the women that I serve are going to have this question in particular is you said that that day on the dock, you were able to connect with Jesus and that you wanted to administer this plant medicine to, to really help people connect with themselves with Jesus and higher powers. Um, I just had this conversation with somebody the other day about like spirit, soul, and self. Um, when you, there's such an argument and a fight out there right now that if you do this, and I have my own personal opinion about this, but if you do this work, you are giving all these other things, God, you are, you are seeing all these other things as God right. versus, um, putting the power behind God and Jesus. I have my own take on this, but I would be so curious as a boy from Louisiana who understands this. And I know that I've heard you say this before in, in a retreat where you've given people the openness to whatever their higher power is, but you've said that yours is Jesus. You right. say it in a really unique way. I can't think of what it was you said, but when I remember when I heard you say it, it made me feel really safe mm. to still believe what I believe in, but to do this work. Mm -hmm. What is your take on, just for my audience's sake, mm -hmm. this spirituality, this work, this connection with spirit and soul mm -hmm. and Jesus? Right. So Jesus has been the, the archetype, the archetypal um, principle of spirituality in the West, right? In China, we have Buddha. In India, we have Krishna. They're kind of these, and in and, and, and India, we have a lot of them, right? And Ganesha. Right. And, and they're all kind of these, these archetypal teachers. So whenever we give all of our attention and we say that this is the only archetypal teacher that I believe in, this is a very old narrative that has divided human beings for a very long time, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever we say spirit, spirit is a universal term. It brings together everyone and it, it creates unity, which creates harmony, which we are all the same. We are all the divine expressing itself through human experience, right? We are all God having a human experience. Mm. If you were a God and you were all powerful, it would be kind of boring just being out in the cosmos. So how would we want to have an experience? How would we want to create entertainment and art and love and creativity? Well, we would create ourselves through billions of different expressions of the self, mm -hmm. of the one, of the one being. And so ultimately all of the religions, this is one of our core components and our, our core tenets in Connect and Evolve is that we are all expressions of the one divine creator, which is the unknowable. And all of the, the essence, the foundation of all spiritual teachings, all religions is love. It's all love. And this is what Jesus taught. And this is what, what every, every great ascended master has taught is that it comes down to love. And with Jesus, the, now this is going to get a little heady. <laughs> this is going to get a little heady. So it's going to be perfect. And gets, gets right. Drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab, grab your coffee. So starting out as a good old boy from Louisiana, right? Yep. Going to Christian school saying that if you don't invite Jesus into your heart, you are going to burn in a fiery lake of hell. Well, that's pretty intense and scary. And at the end of the day, it is also a good placeholder, right? So the Bible being taken literally is an actual pretty decent placeholder for what it actually means metaphorically, right? Saying you have to invite Jesus into your heart or you're going to go to hell, right? Hell is a scary place. And this has been very, it's kind of demonized um, because hell is an experience that we can literally have on earth and this experience of reincarnation of kind of just having these, you know, all this karma and all these crappy lives until we finally get it right. And we can go into that later as well, if we'd like. It's a good placeholder for people to actually have the experience of salvation, right? And what does salvation look like? Well, it's very unique to each different person, right? Salvation can be, I have been carrying ancestral trauma and my own trauma for decades and now through this particular therapist, this plant medicine experience, this, this retreat or all of the above, 
that I, the work, right. That you, that you said the work, I now feel free of that trauma. That's what salvation is. Right. Mm. And we can, we can say, Oh, I just gotta, I gotta be with Jesus. Right. I gotta just connect with Jesus. I just gotta pray and everything's going to be okay. This is an old narrative. This is an old paradigm where we give our power away to Jesus. We give our power away to prayer. Whenever prayer is designed and intended toward us finding the power within ourselves, us feeling the Holy Spirit within ourselves, it's not separate from us. We are that. We are the Holy Spirit expressing itself in human form. We are all, it's all of our birthright to be able to have the Holy Spirit, have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit within our hearts and ourselves in every moment of every day. And so Jesus, you know, when we look at Jesus' teachings, what Jesus said seems to really go overlooked in, uh, in church, in a church that's more traditional, because Jesus said, do as I have done and you will do greater things than me. We are no different, right? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you'll tell the mountain to move and it will move. Mm. My personal belief through my connection with Jesus is that this man was well-traveled. He was a rebel against what he thought was tyranny, right? He was, he yep. was a bit of a rebel. He's a badass. Yep. And he had a very devout practice and meditation, uh, most likely yoga asana as well, because I believe he traveled to India and, and learned yoga there. And he found himself very spir- spiritually developing at a very high pace. And sometimes the cosmos, the universe, it selects people to be examples for everyone, right? And we've seen this many, many times. Um, some not so good examples, some great examples, right? We have Lao Tzu, we have the Tao Te Ching, we have all these different spiritual leaders that have been these pillars of truth that we hold on to, even in times that are or in times that are challenging, and that we celebrate when times are good. And so I think we each have a different archetype for the divine. Mm. Right? We each have a different archetype that we connect with. And here in the West, it's primarily Jesus. But in China, it's Buddha. And the Buddha says, you know, the, the Buddha is way more chill. <laughs> the, Buddha, <laughs> the Buddha is way more chill. The Buddha is like, hey, it's all good. Just, you know, the less that you desire things, the more happy and chill you'll be. And be yourself. There is no right or wrong. Walk the middle path. Enjoy life, but also have your spiritual practice. And... And in my opinion, I believe Jesus was much more of a Buddhist because we all know that he wasn't a Christian, wasn't a thing, right? Mm. All he taught was the principle of love. And so Christianity has lost sight of what Jesus really, really wants us to know. And it's that, hey, the power is within you. God is within you. I and we are the same. The I am is a universal statement that we are, right? I am the son of God. We are all the son of God. And I know there's Christians right now cringing. Look, I hear you. I feel you. I understand. I had to go through very, very intense, uh, rigorous training of this is what's right. This is what's right. This is what's right through Christian schools, through Christian churches. And whenever I discovered, when I had the experience of salvation, And that connection with Jesus, I knew without it going into my brain and me having to cipher out all of the information, it was in my heart and my gut. I knew that Jesus and all of us, we are all brothers and sisters and that he wants us all to know that we have that power within us to be just as great and amazing as him, right? If you have a, if you have an amazing leader that leader wants you to also be an amazing leader. Mm. It doesn't want you to be a follower. It doesn't want you to be uh, someone that's way behind them, pulling their slack, right? It wants you to go and do as they do. And so 
that's my feelings about it. I'm very passionate about that because I have seen both polarities. Yeah. Very, very profoundly. Yes. <laughs> right? right. And you too. I love that you said this because someone just told me the other day I was asking like, what, um, how do you know when, you know, cause people always say like, Jesus was talking to me or I heard from God. And I said, how do you know you heard from God? And she said, cause he always comes with peace. And I'm just thinking about that experience. And you said you felt it in your heart. It came with so much, like it was clear and it was peaceful and yeah. it was blissful. You said you experienced like the most blissful experience in your body. Mm -hmm. And he, she's like, that's how, you know, it's not the ego. It's not yourself talking. It's not the devil. It's Jesus. It's, it's your God. father, God. It is. Yep. yep. So I, I appreciate that so much. And I know, like you said, Christians are cringing and they might burn this episode down. Um, <laughs> but I've had some profound God, God moments and I've had some profound, very, very profound spiritual moments in me as, and I am not a healer, but my understanding has always, well, my theory behind it has always been simple. It's very similar to what you said a little off, but that I think that my, I just, I don't know. I feel like spirituality is my connection to myself. It is my connection yeah. to my soul. It's my ability to see my power and my magic within. And that it is just another tool that God gave us that expanded, helped us to expand ourselves or, or expand ourselves to see ourselves. Yeah. Because Christianity just teaches, teaches you to see God. Yeah. And it's like, I see him. I know him. I know he loves me. But spirituality has said it to me it doesn't make me the god it makes me it makes me more magical and more powerful because i can see myself that's it through and through toe to toe like mm -hmm. everything good bad and indifferent i know before i say something before i react before i trigger before i make a poor decision or when i need to make a choice in love that i'm like this is who i am through and through mm-hmm and I know that because of the work I've done spiritually, mm -hmm. not, but the work I've done spiritually only further shows me who God created me to be, to me. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you are, I have to say it again, we are God expressing itself in human form. Mm -hmm. And, and traditionally the church has created this separation from that. You know, the, the rishis and the sages way back in the day, ten, you know, almost 10,000 years ago mm -hmm. in India, knew this and developing this connection through yoga, through meditation, through breath work has been around for a long, long time. And now it's just resurfacing in the West, you know? Yeah. So we have to understand that, that we can harness and cultivate this connection with God, spirit, the universe, call it what you will, the unknowable, Right? And then everybody has a different archetype for what that is. For us, it's Jesus, it's Buddha and Krishna and, and Vishnu. And there is a way to gain a deeper connection. And my, my mom is an amazing ex example of this because she's like, no, I don't believe that, you know, she's old school. She's traditional. I don't believe right. that I can be like Jesus. Like, I believe that Jesus is God. That's it. I'm not... That, that is so concrete cemented in her mind, but she also has this deep connection through prayer every day. Yeah. Through prayer. Yes. Yeah. And the connection I have in prayer is the same connection I have in meditation to me. Yes. Yeah. I said this to someone the other day, and this is not my argument in disbelief in God, but I said this the other day and I said it to someone that I'm very close with, who is a deep Christian. And she is who I go to for all my advice. My you know, my, my questions about God. And I said, what is the difference between me sitting on my ass crisscross <laughs> and meditating and connecting with myself and God and me sit, sitting on my knees with my hands up or in or connected or close to my heart, specifically praying to God, the connection feels the same. Absolutely. It is the same. <laughs> and, and I think where we, the sin, right? The, the Latin term sin is yes. actually an archery term for missing the mark, right? We're just missing the mark. We're missing the bullseye. It's like not quite right. And one, one way that we've really missed the mark 
is to say that you are wrong and I am right. Whenever we both have the same intention of connecting with spirit, of creating harmony, of back to this core tenet, finding love, which is the foundation of all spiritual teachings. What's your, the way you do yoga is wrong. The way I do yoga is right. This creates separation, which is sin, right? Unity coming together, this collective consciousness, cultivating that is truth. Yes. Right? So no matter what yogi you do, and no matter what yoga I do, we can vibe out and try each other's yoga and see if it fits for us and works for us. And there's nothing sinful about that. Nothing. So I think the, the, the essence of sin is separation. So if we can utilize that foundation and just see ourselves and everyone else around us, then we will live a much more harmonious and godly life. Mm. Mm. Didn't mean for this to be a church service, but. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is good. I'm like, I'm glad we had this conversation. Cause like, yeah. and I don't know that this brought anyone, you know, brought anyone more clarity or confused anyone a little bit more. But for me, this has been a constant topic and I'll be really yeah. honest. Um, I've been in a really weird space where spirituality has made me feel guilty. Mm-hmm because I have a lot of friends that, and followers that are extremely Christian. And I've had people ask me, you are influential now. Where are you leading people? You need to be careful. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so then that means my beliefs be, need to be crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And I just have to go on the record and say at this point, I'm crystal clear. Mm-hmm. But the way the world tells me to be crystal clear, I don't feel like I am. Right. Because Christians are like, throw the stones away, stop doing anything that doesn't look like prayer, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, but it's, it's, this is going to really, I'm going to sound really elementary when I say this part, but one thing that always rubbed me the wrong, not rubbing the wrong way, but really threw me off is Christians do not embrace spirituality. They feel like it is believing that there is another God or you are, you're, you're praying or um, putting the power in something else other than God, but in spirituality, God is always referenced. So when I'm in spiritual practices like yoga, meditation, breath work, um, it immediately in a meditation, when I'm in a deep meditation, I always hear myself. I'm like, God, what do you want from me right now? Like God, I'm, I'm talking to God anyway. And then when I'm in a spiritual practice, whether it be yoga or they always give you the, the, the option or the divine opportunity to be like your, your higher power, your whomever you see. Mm -hmm. So it's openly invited in spirituality, but in Christianity, it is, it is the opposite. It's right. Spirituality is frowned upon. So there's a part of the mind that's, compartmentalizes and protects. Yep. A lot of people call this the ego, call yep. it the thinking mind, yep. but we are innately designed to be a part of a tribe yes. and to completely and utterly devote ourselves to that tribe. It's primitive. It's primitive. It's very primitive. And that's how we stayed safe. It's yeah. how we stayed safe. And the ego keeps us safe. The tribe keeps us safe. It, it all revolves around safety. And whenever, let's say a Christian who is super concrete in their beliefs, which is coming from this part of the mind, goes through sonic neural breath work experience, has an ayahuasca we experience. Don't, we don't talk about that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, does subtype of plant guided plant medicine journey, which you know, I can just hear the cringes now as I say it. Yeah. When we let that part of the mind dissolve and the superconscious takes place to where we have this ultimate view of reality, which can be very scary, right? Of course, but it is the ultimate view of reality. We realize that separation is a myth. Separation is an illusion. Separation has been created, created by the mind to help keep us safe. And as we move into this new paradigm, as we move into this new narrative, the new earth, we're going to realize more and more and more and more and more that separation is an illusion. And the more we realize it, the more we'll be surrounded by people that realize it. And eventually your tribe will be this multi 
multi-dimensional, multi-faceted, multi-belief system, multi-archetypal tribe that all celebrates it all because they understand the foundation is love. And that's when we start to use the term spirit uh, because spirit encapsulates it all and creates unity. And so I encourage anybody that feels like their way is right and everybody else's way is wrong, go have a psychedelic journey. Go do sonic neural breath work. Open your mind just a tenth of the way to have this experience because you can't knock it till you try it. It's a you know, very true statement that's been used for a long time. It's my mama told me whenever she cooked me dinner. Don't and knock it till you try it when you, don't eat, this, you, try when you it. eat this duck or deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you eat this mushroom, don't knock the tea, try it. And, you know, I've worked with many different clients who have uh, these really solid beliefs. And I mean, you look at me, I have Sanskrit, I have Sakyant, I have a cross and I have uh, the eternal knot because it's embodying everything together. And these are tattoos for people that are listening. It's embodying everything together because they all mean the same thing. Right. Yeah. So open your mind a little bit to have this experience to say, Hey, maybe if I do allow this little part of my mind, that's just trying to keep me safe to dissolve. Let me see what's back there. Let me see what's going on there. Let me see what's beyond the thinking mind. And you will realize that what's beyond the thinking mind is unity. And the illusion of separation is only from that little part of our mind. And so Hmm. I love that you just talked about the subconscious and the super con well, I'm reading this book, um, the game of life and how to play it. Nice. And they're talking about, um, it's a really cool book to me because it's like this, I don't know, they call it like the self-help classic. Mm -hmm. And so it talks through, it talks through life in this way of self-help, but then it ties it back to the Bible when Jesus said all these things. And so it talks about how, um, cause I've had so many Christians say to me, all the stuff that you're saying is in the Bible. And I'm like, I know. And they're like, yeah, but it's in the Bible. And I'm like, I know. And then, so it's, it's like, well, why are you not talking it through the Bible? And I'm like, cause there's several different ways that people are going to gather this. And as long as they end up at unity and love and, and they know who their creator is. And the book talks about, uh, your conscious mind, your subconscious mind and your super conscious mind. Mm-hmm. And basically that our super conscious mind that our conscious mind lives in the now in the present, which it has no choice. It is the, it is the, the, it is the friendships. It is the current. It is also the disease, the wars, the things that are happening right now that we cannot, we only can, what only we can see. Mm-hmm. And that this, the subconscious is, um, I'm going to mess this up, but basically the super conscious is the God mind. Mm-hmm. And it was basically saying that like your subconscious's job is when your God mind comes in, when your the things come in to say, uh, here's a preview of what you could have. Here's a, a piece of what I want for you. Your subconscious is like, that is way too good for you. That is, you are mm-hmm. not there yet. You are, its job is to protect you based off of your experiences and your environment. But you're, there's so many people that learn how to live in their super conscious, which is their God mind. And that is where God, that is the realm that God has had you in the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it is the place that the world is constantly pulling you out of. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. It's, <clears throat> it's very naive to say and ignorant to say that my way is right and your way is wrong. It doesn't yes. matter what you believe in. And I have a lot of admiration for people that are super devoted to their spiritual understanding and practice because it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of passion. It takes a lot of expression. And that the old narrative of this way is right and that way is wrong, it doesn't serve the planet anymore. It doesn't serve anyone. And if we can open up to that same, we can take that same passion and courage and, and expression and point it in the direction of love and acceptance and connection and community of all walks of life, all color skin, all religious beliefs, and bring it all together. That's ultimately what Jesus wants, right? That's ultimately what the Buddha, what Krishna, what all these different archetypes of spirituality desire 
and 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 all of the scriptures, right? The Upanishads, the Bible, the Quran, it all is saying the same thing. It's it's all foundation of love. And that's that's what I've I've discovered over the years and in working with different people. It's been amazing to see different people come in who let's say they're Christian and they're just curious about a retreat, right? They're just curious. Like, yeah. what is this plant medicine thing? What is this breath? Like, what is this? <laughs> what yes. is this? This, What's new, this thing that everyone speaks of. <laughs> yeah. This new style of, of spiritual practice, this new way of, of being like, I want to check it out. And they come in, they see nothing but smiles, nothing but, Oh, you're from so-and-so and you know, somewhere and you practice this. That's awesome. Let's, let's yes. all vibe this together let's dance together. Let's look into each other's eyes and acceptance and let's connect. And by the time that they leave, they're like, this is amazing. I'm telling all my Christian friends about this experience and, and, and going to tell them to come because they feel the love. Right? Yes. And that's yes. it. It's just love. Ah, let's talk about this experience. Cause y'all listen, <laughs> I sat out Megan and I, my best friend, the co-founder of innovative income and I, set out on a mission this year to take our mastermind girls on a very specific retreat. So we do three retreats a year inside this mastermind. Next year will be two because this was a lot. Um, one of them will always be an experience with Ben. I don't care how we have to do it. I'm actually like gunning to try to get Ben to speak at Innovative Income, y'all. So mm. hopefully, fingers crossed, you see him there in January 2023. <laughs> but um, th we were we were adamant about an experience that was had to be the opposite of everything that we typically do because we were like, okay, we have very successful women here. We ourselves, we ourselves are successful and all of us are experienced entrepreneurship on 10 speed, which means if you're experiencing entrepreneurship on 10 speed, guess what you're also experiencing on 10 speed lessons, life, burnout, mm -hmm. and all the things on 10 speed. And we know that this is the deepest I mean, entrepreneurship is just disguised as a self-development journey. It's just a constant mirror in your face. You're just constantly getting your, for lack of better words, I always call it like, it's like the hardest, it's just a long life of ass whoopings. And you just learn to become more comfortable with it. Like you just become more and more comfortable. And we were adamant about an experience that was like, how can we get all of us, ourselves included, so out of our realm, like a place where we can like turn our phones off, climb mountains. And I say this jokingly, but it was exactly what, came to life, like <laughs> turn our phones off, climb mountains, have this crazy spiritual experience and fast track it in three to four days. And like, just allow a place for women that have to be, and I'm not saying this isn't for men either, which I want to tie into the unique experience that you guys provide, but for women to shed the layers, because I really, both of us really believe that when women become business owners, we are still in a masculine space, not only because of the performance and the need to decide and, and assert ourselves and all these things, but we're just in a, in a realm that is run by men. Sure. And so we find ourselves being very masculine. And then we find ourselves not some of us, especially that aren't in tune, not, um, not less and less in our feminine because it's not beneficial to our work. Mm -hmm. And so and I, I see it in myself all the time now. I catch it. I actually just said this to someone last night. I was like, I have been operating my in my masculine for too long because I noticed it when someone gave me a hug. Mm. Someone gave me a hug and I wanted to literally fold into them. And I was like, oh. they're like, are you okay? Like, are you hurting? And I'm like, no, I'm just assertive, independent and strong. And, da -da 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 -da. and like, I have not had a space where I've really just like embraced my feminine in weeks. And I can feel the depletion of that and so we wanted this experience it was a god thing how we found you and then we get there y'all i have to drop my shoulders and my head to explain this experience but i have to start with us from from the the most professional experience from we had a driver from the airport we were hours away from the airport um, just everything that you planned for us, we, you guys cooked for us and everything. But when we walked in, man, there's something that I want to get into a, around this podcast about this retreat for women being ran by a man who has done the work. 
because you set the tone. Megan and I joke about this all the time about how we could have <laughs> never hosted a retreat like this. And it was for one reason and one reason only. And it was because you were a man. So you used your, and I'm going to explain this in my way, and then I'll let you come with yours is you used your masculine to carry the group, to lead, to stay in certain spaces. But then you've done so much work that you gave us so much space to be women. And in our feminine, you let us cry. You let us share our feelings. You didn't like, okay, wrap that up. Like you didn't, <laughs> you hugged us. You gave us all this space. And when we walked in, man, you knew who you were dealing with. Cause we walked in and you were like, everyone go put your things down, come have a seat. <laughs> this table is for you. And you were like, everything as you've walked or at, now that you've walked in this door, you're being served and mm -hmm. you're getting centered. And this is not about you deciding you have to, you have no decisions to make. You have nothing to run, nothing to control, like just get centered and receive during this mm -hmm. retreat. And you should have saw myself included some of the women in this group, like we put our stuff down, like, well, okay, so what do we do? Like <laughs> if we're not in control and we're not telling people what to do and we're not, making sure everything goes well, or there's not a plan. What do we do? Mm -hmm. And it was so well orchestrated, the space you guys created. So I, I just have to ask, and I think the one you did with us was a little unique as well, mm -hmm. was you leading a group of women mm -hmm. as a man and having to constantly balance that masculine and that feminine energy. What is that like for you? And what do you know to be true? <clears throat> Well, I had a lot of fun doing it. It was, <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> it was so fun. It was a really fun challenge. And, and it, it honestly, when yeah, I look, we were a challenge, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I, when I look back, I say challenge, but honestly, it, it wasn't challenging. It was, it was just a blast because there was so much these the women there were so awesome. I mean, and, and, and really loving and really gung ho and really just, just a players. I mean, just really ready for, for it all. And I'm like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And yep. I also, I also have this deep connection with the feminine. I also have the masculine wounds, the patriarchal wounds from mm. my father and from, from being in a very toxic patriarchal environment growing up and then being raised by my mom. So this dynamic of the masculine and feminine for me is more so I connect and energetically and, and resonate with the feminine more. And so for the feminine to come in with the masculine essence of Ooh. go and do and, and achieve and succeed, and crush it, you know, I was right there at home because I feel like that's me, almost the feminine with the masculine essence instead of the masculine with the feminine essence. And they mm -hmm. go hand in hand. So for, for me, it was a really beautiful experience. And to see every, how you all have that really strong, just absolute badass entrepreneurial essence you all really opened up and just dropped fully into the crying, the eye gazing, the hugging one another, the love. And to, to see that was so beautiful. And I also loved, <laughs> I also loved it when the girls would be like, Hey, we're going to do this. <laughs> hey, can we do that? And, and, and I'd be like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Let's do that. No worries. Let's do this. And, and, and by the, by the, you know, I had this plan, right. The schedule. And by the end of it, it, it was, it was me just, just being in flow with, with whatever needed to take place and transpire. And that last day, whenever we, I still, I'll never forget whenever we were, we were pulling cards and the, the back room of the house and how it just transitioned one thing after another. And it was just this beautiful unfolding that was totally in flow. The schedule was totally off the Shot. off the yeah, it was it was done for. It was off the wall. And and so for me it was really, really beautiful and I really enjoyed it. And I never I never expected to get an email. It was my first email ever. Hey, uh, found you online and 
how about we do a retreat with 10 women uh, sometime, you know, in the next couple of months. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I doubt this is going to go through. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I get emails like that pretty often that they just don't transpire. And now here we are. And the experience was really healing for me, I feel. Mm. So for me personally, it was really healing and really eye-opening and really, really beautiful to connect more with the feminine essence while still feeling at home. Like I also still felt like I was hanging with the boys, you know? <laughs> That's so sad, but so true. <laughs> so true. It's, it's funny. And, and it's beautiful because there's a balance there. It, it wasn't, yeah. None of none of the women were like super in their masculine and not in their feminine. It was it was I have to be in my masculine because I run a successful business and that the essence of that of go do get after it is masculine. But there was a balance whenever everybody started to and I was really curious about that. How's it going to go when we do the greatness I see in you? How's it going to do when we do the soul gazing? And everybody just tears and love and hugs and just openness and freedom. It's like, oh, this is, this is great. <laughs> Cause we all have it and we want it so bad. Yeah. We want to, we want to be in that softness so bad. It reminded us to me, I mean, everyone said that was one of the most profound experiences they've ever had. And, mm. um, I'm sitting here thinking, I almost want you to explain like the greatness I see in you and not necessarily mm -hmm. the exercise, but just the, the intent behind it. Yeah. Um, because we all want that softness so bad. We felt we left lighter and we all had a really, com really unique conversation um, two weeks after and you were on the call and mm -hmm. all of us kind of came to the term of like, we had gotten to this really interesting place afterwards that we all felt lighter. We all felt more centered. We could hear ourselves clearer. We felt a softness that we really enjoyed and we're really excited about because we had felt like we had not seen it in a while and it felt really good to live in that space. Mm -hmm. But it also made us like, what are we doing all this for? Yeah, sure. Like totally. it just made us all look at our businesses and like, okay, yeah. so now what? Because not that I'm going to quit tomorrow, but like I'm running full steam ahead and I got to go back into that version of me that I came to Sedona with. And I don't know if I want to completely be that person anymore. Right. And so how do I integrate both? How do I have both? How do I open myself up back to this feminine, feminine essence of me that in my mind has done me no service in business mm -hmm. ownership, <laughs> but how do I open up back to her and still have the things that I think I want or do I even want them anymore? Right. It was so interesting to see afterwards. Right. And this is the sacred embodiment because the intention behind the retreat is to take what we learn and implement it into our lives. And really what it comes down to, and I, and I love the, the metaphor of the women's retreat because what it comes down to is integrating the feminine into your business. Because mm. you, Jessica, are your business. Yes. And if you are not healthy, nurtured, loved, content within yourself. Correct. Your business is simply a reflection of you and it won't be either. So it's really, it's not just come and do yoga with Ben and, uh, <laughs> and go back home. It's how do I take this? and really make changes in my life so that my energy is resonant, right? On a core level, because that is also gonna reflect in your business. Yes. And while it's feminine, right? And that usually doesn't serve business, that it's also an old paradigm, right? And so as we come into this, this new paradigm, this new narrative, this new earth, feminine and masculine working together in harmony, it's going to be in all facets of our lives, whether it's our business, our relationships, our, our decisions that we make in our day-to-day, -day, 
our connection with ourself, right? Damn it, you didn't work hard enough. You didn't make enough money. Now you can't have the, you know, buy your daughter a $20,000 truck for her for Christmas, right? There's that, or there's, this is kind of a funny, uh, funny metaphor here, but I love you so much, self, and you worked really hard. And we're going to be in flow with everything that happens here. Flow with the business, flow with life, flow with our relationships, because we oftentimes try to control, try to, try to take everything and control it, right? And I love Michael Singer for his book, The Untethered Soul, mm. talks about for 13.4 billion years, the universe has been doing its thing. And for us to be a speck in the universe, to think that we can really control what it's been up to for billions of years is hilarious. It is. It's funny. And, and no matter what, we still try to control because if we try to control it, then we think it'll keep us safe, right? Coming back to that right. foundation of safety. And if we can learn to flow, which this, this is the essence of the feminine, the flow, the openness, the moving with the, the waves, if we can learn to flow in all things and learn to trust the flow, trust the universe, trust God, trust Jesus, trust our process, our journey in life, then we can open ourselves up to things that are really going to serve us. And it might not be the business that you have at this time. And that business might have to burn, <laughs> right? And that's scary. That's scary. That's scary. Yeah. So it comes back to remember things are oftentimes more challenging before they're easy. Mm. And I look at this like a, there's dark before there's light. Yeah. The, the night is darkest before the dawn. And mm -hmm. I look at, I look at this kind of as there's a lot of analogies I like to use here, but one I like, I, I, I somehow got the download of when I was like 21 is that there's rooms and each room is bigger and grander and more interesting. And it serves us more and it's got more cool things in it, all kinds of cool instruments, toys, and there's a little hole in each wall that goes into the next room. And sometimes we have to just absolutely squeeze ourselves. Like we outgrow the room, kind mm -hmm. of like a lobster outgrows its shell, a snake outgrows its skin. And we have to go through this metamorphosis of squeezing through the hole into the next room. And when we feel that squeeze, that's how we know transformation is happening, right? The squeeze of our business crumbling out from under us, the squeeze of the relationship that we've been in for five years ending, the squeeze of X, Y, and Z, you, you name it. And that squeeze is something that's an innate part of life. It's just a part of the human experience. And so if we can right, open up to our feminine and accept the squeeze, love the squeeze, say, hey, I get it. The night is darkest before the dawn. Whew, I'm excited for the morning. I'm excited for that sunshine. But right now, I'm going to sit with this and love this and celebrate this. And God, I don't know what you're doing, but right. I know it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. God's always like, nah, bigger. <laughs> yep, nah, bigger. <laughs> not, not, not quite, bigger. Um, and so the retreat is really designed to help us to integrate these, these understandings, right? these foundations of understanding and of knowing, right? The squeeze is here. The metamorphosis is taking place. I accept, I trust, I flow. And for people, this is hard because, hey, I won't have resources, right? What about my resources? Right. And the beautiful thing behind this is everyone with resources is oftentimes resourceful. And if you're resourceful, you will never go without resources. Facts facts, right? Yep. So this false evidence appearing real, also known as fear. Yeah. It's an illusion. Yeah. You're never going to go without my friends. No, right? it's going to be very, very Might rare. Be a case. different way, but right. you're never going to go without. Right. So you're never going to go without. And we can say that here in the West. And we, we have this incredible blessing of being able to say that because there's people in the world that can't say that. So with that being said, we've been gifted this incredible opportunity 
to flow with life, to trust life, to trust our process, to set our intentions, to take care of this, because this is the only business you got. This yeah. body, this yep. mind, this heart, it's yes. everything you've got. You got you. So how deeply can you love yourself? How much health can you bring to your body and your mind? And if you do that, the natural progression of your life will be at an accelerated pace. You will go up, right? The universe will reflect that nurturing of your body, mind, and spirit, and it will give you more and more and more. And the more you build your capacity, the more you squeeze yourself through the, the wall into the bigger rooms, the greater your life will be. And that's what I've experienced, and that's what I believe. 